Amen. Um, all right, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to 1 John. And I'm going to go as far as I can go. I hope I can get all the way, but if I don't, everybody will be fine. We can fellowship longer out there. We can buffet our bodies. Amen. How many of you are excited about Sunday? Isn't it going to be good? Looking forward to it. All right. First John, we're beginning tonight with verse 6. And I'm going to need you guys' help. Help me read this and help me uh, just amen me and read along when you can. Oh, I'm fine. All right. I wonder what that would sound like on the radio. You and me reading it together? All right. Let's uh, stand, and we're going to read verse 6. <clears throat> How many of you would like to fellowship a little bit longer than usual tonight? All right. Let's read it together. Verse 6. This is he, by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. Thank you for your word, Lord. Bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Well, I got to tell you, this is one of the more difficult verses for me in 1 John. Now, he says, this is he who came by water and blood. Now, water refers to Jesus' baptism at the beginning of his work, in which he declared his purpose to fulfill all righteousness. you remember that at his baptism? And let's read it in Matthew 3. Can you read this with me? And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. Jesus was affirming John's message of repentance and confession, as well as setting an example for us to follow him in water baptism. So when you get water baptized, Jesus did it before us. And if he did it, it's good enough for me. Amen? So water baptism testifies on earth. There is a testimony. How many of you remember when you got water baptized, how the Spirit of God touched you? You remember that? There was a witness inside of you. And that is the witness of what testifies on earth. Now, the blood that testifies refers to Jesus' bloody death upon the cross for the sins of the world. How many of you are thankful for the blood of Jesus? I tell you, I'm so thankful that he obeyed God, though he was God, and he went to the cross. And he spilled his blood so that we could be forgiven. And the blood testifies on earth. It brings a testimony. Now, at his water baptism, Jesus was formally set apart for his messianic work by the coming of the Holy Spirit upon him, along with the Father's audible voice. And what did God say? What did God say when he came up out of the water? My, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And at the cross, his messianic work reached its culmination. Now, John says, it is the Spirit who bears witness. 
The Holy Spirit is the third witness, the water and blood being the other two. The Holy Spirit testifies of the messianic ministry of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Let's read John 15 together, can we? But when the Helper comes from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. I'm so glad for the testimony of the Holy Spirit. How many of you can say, when I got saved, his Spirit bore witness with my spirit that I was a child of God? Amen? Amen. Verse 7, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And this, these three are one. Now these, or this is one of the greatest scriptural examples of the doctrine of the Trinity. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit are separate yet one. Now how can that be? Well, here's how you look at it. Water can be ice, it can be steam, or it can be water, but they're all H2O. You have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are separate, but they are one. Amen? They have separate ministries, but they are one. The Spirit of God is here with us right now. Jesus is praying for us in heaven, and God the Father oversees all of it, and that's how the three are one. And I think I'm going to close. Is it okay with y'all? Am I doing all right? I'm struggling quite a bit with this. Now, you want to read it, Kathy? You can read it. Yeah. Okay, come on. Just read it, and we'll put you on the radio. Do that. There you go. And right there at John 15. And now go to verse 7. Verse 7. And just read it, and we'll put it on the radio. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Yeah, I think you already read that, didn't you? Yeah. This is one of the greatest scriptural examples of the doctrine of the Trinity. The Father, the Word, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are separate yet one. Just as he just shared about water, ice, and steam, we're all compromised of H2O, yet they have different manifestations. Right.
beautiful picture of the process of salvation is found in verse 10. Believe God by accepting his testimony concerning his son. Believe in the son by accepting him as Savior and Lord, surrender your life to him. And the inward witness, which takes place the moment the heart's door is open to the Savior, the soul rises up and greets him as all its salvation and all its desires. Witness means one who has personally seen or heard something, like in a car wreck, and they'll ask you, what did you see or what did you hear? And that's what a witness is. In Romans 8, 16, Paul says the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Therefore, we cry, Abba, Father. Amen. Amen. Now, I'll take it from here. Okay. There. All right. Now. Thank you, Kathy. I love this one. He who has the Son has life. But he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Now, that verse, does that give us an open door for any other Savior? None. He who has the Son has the life, and he who has not the Son does not have the life. What life? God's life. God's life. If you don't have the Son of God, you have not the life. You're dead. You're dead. The definite article is used before life in the Greek language so that it actually reads. Let's read it together. He who has the Son has the life. Not just any life, the life. The life God gives to sinners who place their faith in the Son. Now, I got to tell you, folks, this flip side is sobering. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. You may walk and talk and breathe and function, but you are cut off from the life of God without His Son. Wow. So you can't go hug a tree and get saved. You can't have any other Savior and get saved. You can't have any other God and be saved. This is exclusive. It's exclusive. And it's narrow. It's restricted because Christ is the only way there. Now, let's look at what Paul said. In Ephesians 2, 1, can you read it with me? And you he made alive with the life who were dead, not having the life in trespasses and sins. That is so powerful. Where were we before Jesus? Are you ready? Dead. Dead. Disconnected from God. Dead in trespasses and sins. We were dead. How dead is dead? Dead. And let me tell you something. Dead people don't seek God. Dead people don't say, well, I think today I'll go find God. No. Dead people get found by God. Okay? So, verse 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. 
Does God want us guessing if we have eternal life? No. He wants us to what? Know that we have eternal life. How strong is that word? Whoops, that's a real strong word. The word know right there is oida, and it means absolute positive knowledge to not have a single doubt. You know what maturity is in the things of the Spirit? It's a lot of things. It's growing in love, walking in love, and all of that. But now, it's also when you no longer are tossed around about your salvation. You wake up and you say, you know, I know. I've been saved. I know I'm born again. I know I have eternal life. This is what John wants us to know. He is writing his letter to them with the intent that they would know with an absolute unshakable knowledge that they are possessors of eternal life by believing on the name of the Son of God. Amen. Amen. So, folks, God wants us to know that we have eternal life beyond the shadow of all doubt. And isn't it good to know that through Him we have been made alive? We're alive with the life of God. Can we stand together tonight? Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Let's just thank Him right now that He is with us and that Jesus came to give us life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Praise your mighty name. Praise your mighty name. Father, thank you that the Son of God has come and gave us life. And we know that we have eternal life. And we pray that, Lord, you will make this real to us in our spirits and in our minds and in our hearts. We thank you for the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, you do. All right.